0: Turn in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 1. This morning, uh, as we begin, I just want to talk to you just a little bit about the way we think. Uh, Most of us think about when we think about walking with Christ and being a Christian and doing what He wants us to do and and following after Him. We think it kind of goes like this. Uh, We think that um, I do what He wants. I do what He wants, and then I get what I want. I get success, I get popularity, I get riches to buy all the junk that I want. Uh, I first do what God wants, and then He does what I want. Or maybe we think about it the other way, Um, even in the reverse, that um, I, I get what I want, I get that popularity and uh i get to do whatever i want i get the stuff that i want the money that i want and then in response to that i'm supposed to serve him uh because i've gotten what i want now jesus gets what he wants um i want to encourage you about today today might be a challenge for us as we think that way and i i don't exclude myself from that this passage is a challenge for me um, Especially even as I mentioned, we live in a beautiful place. We live in a a place of comfort and riches. Uh, We get to live in California. It's awesome. It's awesome. Uh, Who else would put up with all this to get all this, you know? It must be a great place if we do this. Um, I want to tell you that uh, we struggle with this idea. And uh, This morning we're going to look at, a part of Paul's journey. Uh, and I, I want to say, I want to tell you the, the result. Paul gets it. Paul gets it. And we need to follow in his thinking, not around it, okay? Uh, I, I realize that Paul gets it because God had worked in his life and drew him to himself and taught him amazing things, so much so that he could write it for us, inspired by God, uh, that we would have a record of this uh, really forever. And so, Uh, Here we are this morning. If you'd stand in honor of God's Word, I'd like to read to you from uh, Philippians chapter 1, starting in verse 12. God's Word says this, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard, and to the rest, that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having uh, become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am uh, put here for the defense of the gospel. and The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition. Not sincerely but thinking to afflict me in uh, my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed. That I rejoice. God, we ask your blessing on your word. We ask that you would direct our thoughts to it now. Uh, God, we ask that you would help us to be the people you want us to be to think as you would have us think and be walking in humble submission to him instead of our own self. God, we thank you in Jesus' name. Just to remind you, uh, the book of Philippians is written to the church at Philippi or the believers in Philippi, those who had been saved by Jesus. Uh, They're just a church and a place, a bunch of people. We looked in the book of Acts. We uh, saw in Paul's second missionary journey that Uh, There was a mishmash of people that came to faith and households, and they became the church. And uh, I I think that we are a mishmash of people that have come to faith. We've come from different places, uh, different stories, different backgrounds, uh, stops and starts and wrong directions. And God has brought us to the place of faith in Him that we would trust Him but that we would also be the church and continue to do His work. And so uh, we are in a study of the book of Philippians, really realizing what joyful service is all about. Um, I, I realize that most of us are not seeking joyful service. We're seeking to be joyful. We're seeking to be happy. And we're looking around and we're testing things out and we're trying different things, hoping to be happy. Hoping to be fulfilled, hoping to be satisfied. Uh, I sang some songs today. I hope you caught it. Uh, all my attempts to be satisfied, uh, all my like that, that frustration. What's it found in terms of Jesus? I think even as I, I was singing today, I was wondering uh, if Paul sang these songs uh, when he was in prison. Uh they weren't these songs, right? Pretty sure. Pretty sure. Uh I don't know for certain though. Uh but what was he singing? What was he dwelling upon? He was dwelling upon the steadfastness of God, the worth of Jesus Christ. I, I I'm sure he was a smart guy and he was going, uh yeah, I'm in prison. Is it worth it? Yes it is. And so I will maintain my focus. I will continue to go. Uh, that, that salvation that I got, I used to be living large and now I'm in prison on a house arrest and hanging out with guards all the time. Uh, is it worth it? Yes, it is. And so we're going to see that this morning as we look at uh, this section of Scripture starting in verse 12. Verse 12, uh, that section, I, I just want to say it this way, telling the telling of, Jesus. telling of Jesus. The expressing of the story of Jesus. The the word that we use and is used in the uh, Scripture is gospel. But gospel means good news. And it's not just any good news. It's the good news of Jesus. It's his story. And what uh, Paul was excited about was the story of Jesus, not his own story. And so uh, we see him uh, getting excited about the telling of the story. Verse 12. Says I want you to know, brothers. And um, what I one of the things that I love about the Book of Philippians it's this tender family uh, letter, one to another. Uh, When he thought of the Philippian church, he loved them. He's already expressed that, and he didn't just love them uh, because they were beautiful people and they uh, looked. It's about. Yeah, there we go. That's better. Yeah. I'm kind of a tech guy. If only I could have this for other people. That whole mute button thing. Now, uh, some of you are thinking, I should have one for him. You know, it's uh, true. What were we talking about? The scriptures. Good. Uh, good news. The good news. This. The, the, this love that they had for one another, it brought them into a brotherhood, a sisterhood, and this idea of family. And I, I want to encourage you. That's what I believe that the Lord wants us to do more, more. That we would die for one another. That we would rejoice for one another. That we would hurt with one another. I want to tell you that this isn't a place. Bear Valley Church is not a place uh, where, like a restaurant, you come, get a meal pay and get out of here. You do dishes here, right? Uh why? Because we're a family. We serve one another here. Why? Because we're a family. And uh in a family there's always this feeling, I don't know, if you've had siblings, you know this feeling. When your mom or dad tells you to clean something up and you say, I didn't I didn't do it. Uh I would tell you, in a family that's what we do. We serve one another. And so there's this connection. This It's something that their heart is with one another because they are connected by family. So he says this, I want you to know, brothers, uh, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. And he was addressing, he was addressing, maybe uh, he had heard or he assumed that their hearts were concerned with him because he was in prison. He was under house arrest. Uh, Most people believe the Roman this particular imprisonment was probably over two years. He was stuck there. Um, He was, uh, you know, I always think it's funny when uh, you see the record in the book of Acts of the life of Paul, his ministry, uh, it didn't look so good, by the way. Like, he got arrested a bunch of times. He got taken from this place to that place. He got yelled at. He got thrown out of cities. He got beaten uh, publicly. Like, it didn't go so well for Paul. There was a lot of bumps in the road. But Paul writes to them in verse 12 and he says, I want you to know, brothers, I have this message. It's important for me to share with you. What is it? What has happened to me? All the bad stuff, the bad stuff has really served to advance the gospel. That seems wrong to me. That seems wrong. And when I say wrong, um." I think we say it here all the time. Hey, how's it going? How's it going? How things going? How was your week? How was your week? I asked you if you slipped on the ice, right? You you want to know what's going on. And Paul's giving an answer to how's it going. And if you look at that particular verse, verse 12, you could... uh, from that verse, his answer is what? How's it going? Great! It's going great! It's going great because the the gospel is being advanced. The message of Jesus is going out. Now, this could be a missions letter, right? This could be a missions letter back to supporters. It really is. If If you as we're going to go through the book here, we're going to realize that uh, the Philippian church was uh, with him. They were sending money to him. They were helping with his needs during his imprisonment. Um, and he writes back to them. He says, it's going great. It's going great. But he he says, what has happened to me? And as they're thinking about what has happened to him, they're, they're thinking of, oh, he's gotten beaten. Oh, he's gotten imprisoned. He's gotten falsely. He's a he's a good man, a great preacher, a noble preacher. He's helping people come to faith in Jesus and he's in prison. You know, if Paul was out of prison, he would be able to do great things, but he's not. He's stuck. He's stuck. But Paul writes to them, he says, What's happening? What's happening to me is great because it's advanced the gospel. Um. he didn't say, uh, thanks for asking. Paul's life is going great. Paul's life. Uh, you know, I I feel like my popularity has never been greater. I'm feeling such a great satisfaction and comfort in my work. I, I You know, I really, uh, you know, I've I reached a new level in my career. And I'm, I'm making... Uh, fat stacks of money, and like, I, I am really living it. Uh, I I find greater comfort here than I've ever felt before. Uh, think about that. He's saying it's going great, but, but not great for Paul, but great for the gospel. Uh, one of my sons is playing baseball right now, and so I was hanging out with some of the, the baseball players yesterday and uh, talking. Talk to the kids and say, hey, how'd it go? How'd it go? Are you winning? Are you winning? Uh and say yes or no, we won. How'd you do? Well, I did this, I struck out, I got a hit, I made some plays, made a couple of hairs, you know. We're asking about how are you doing? Sometimes you'll we'll ask students, you know, how are your grades? How are your grades? How was the test? How, how were things going with you? Are you happy? How's your life going? Are you happy? Are you killing it? You know, are you really making things happen? And yet, as Paul responds to maybe that question, he says, Things are going great. The gospel is advancing. The gospel is advancing. The gospel is advancing, so everything's going great. Whether everything is as Decided, I'm pretty sure as Paul thought about his plan, and you can read that once again in the book of Acts, it shows Paul's, that he has all these plans that fall apart. Does anybody else have plans that fall apart from time to time? You know, have you even you plans for this week? Uh, you had big plans. You were going to get things done. You were stuck in the snow. You were shoveling snow. Uh, I got stuck like four or five times in my own driveway, in my own driveway. How embarrassing is that kids pull you out. You know, that's just awful. Um, so you saw me. Uh, I forgot my jacket. I said, I'll just run home. And I barely pulled into my jacket. Right and so I got stuck right there in the middle of the day. And a bunch of you laughed. You passed by me with a shovel and you saw me out there. I we're all to see. You think about that, and you think about how we are so scheduled out. And we have so many ideas and agendas of what we're going to accomplish, what we want to do, our plans for prosperity, our our plans to, to make it happen. And Paul's plans were tossed aside except for the one plan that he was going to be a part of sharing. The good news is that it saved him with others. I want to connect that for you. That same message of the gospel, the same path. That same message. It caused him to realize that everybody he met needed that same message as well. The message of Jesus. The good news of Jesus. So, how's it going? And he gives two examples of this prosperity of the gospel, the, the advance of that, the, the progress that has been made in that. First one, he says, uh, he, he talks about gospel prison ministry, Larry. Gospel prison ministry. Um, some of you don't know this, but uh, Larry uh, sometimes gets out of prison. Uh, he goes into prison, just a just short-term basis, but uh, he goes to share the gospel. Uh, Paul did it the other way around, Right? Uh, he was stuck. He was on the other side. Yeah, he was the one in chains. Um, th- this is how this goes. And you can imagine um, yourself sitting there in prison or or stuck in his house arrest, and however this worked with these guards around him. And you can imagine how some of us uh, feel that life is unfair. And for Paul, he could have sat there for two years, probably more, Uh, saying, this is not fair. This wasn't part of my plan. This is unjust. God, you need to save me from this. Stuck somewhere. Somewhere that you didn't want to be. This is what he says. He said this, verse 13, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ that is gospel prison ministry. The whole Imperial Guard must believe that as this was, that there was a rotation or a group of people, sometimes even a larger group, that was assigned to watch out for Paul or watch over Paul. Uh, and as they were stuck with him, he took the opportunity to share with them. And what happened was, over time, there were there were ripple effects, ripple effects in that whole area. You, I, I read somewhere this week that possibly at this time, Rome was 4 million people. That was a huge. And really, at that time, the center of the world, right? 4 million people, center of the world. What a great opportunity, right? Center of the world, stuck there. And there's this, you know, for a preacher, what a great thing that you just sit there and the people just keep coming. And they just keep coming. And it's a new batch, new batch that just keeps coming to you. And as they came, uh, he said, so much so there's known throughout the whole imperial guard and the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. Meaning this, that Paul wasn't in there, you know, these guards, this imperial guard, the, the guard of Caesar, it's probably an elite group that was part of Rome, uh, that was on the beck and call of the emperor, that they were always serving him over and over again. This was; these were the ones that were important. Okay, they were in Rome. Huge group of them. It says that all of them, meaning that as he shared with one as he shared with another, as he shared with a smaller group, they went out and they said, have you met Paul? Have you met Paul? This guy's nuts. He's lost his mind. He's in prison. He's a pretty important prisoner because they're, they're really nervous about this guy. Uh, he, he went around. And he's made trouble everywhere he went. But he hasn't made trouble in rebellion like other people. He hasn't been greedy and been stealing. and He hasn't been violent like others. And he shares this message, and this message is what excites him. And he's like no other prisoner. Undoubtedly they use he's joyful. Like, uh, because Paul refers to this over and over. He rejoices, he's joyful. And as he shares this message, they realize that Paul's not about Paul. It's not about Paul. Uh most people are about themselves. How they can get what they want to get and do what they want to do, but they realized that Paul was not about Paul, that his imprisonment was for Christ. His imprisonment was connected to the man, uh, the one that he spoke of, his gospel message, Jesus. That's why he was in prison. They knew that he was about Jesus. Says that the whole imperial guard and to all the rest. Like, that's interesting. So, so it's one of those things, and we have an easy uh, picture of this. Uh, all the correctional officers and everyone else that works out there or is somehow connected to correctional officers. What is that badge? of everyone right? Right? Hold down. Uh, we somehow we know a correctional officer. Some of you. You know, I have family members that are correctional officers, and there was this wave after wave after wave that they heard about the message of Paul. It, we'll look at it many months later, but uh, in Philippians chapter uh, four, the last part, the final greeting uh, to the Philippian church, it says something very interesting in verse twenty-two, and there's this relationship that we have over and over again, that we have with other churches, even churches you've never been to. I um, meant to mention this to you in the last few weeks, but previous pastor from here, Michael Boys, uh, has just uh, become the pastor over at the church that I grew up in, Santa Barbara. And there's a, a, a distinct connection between this church and that church now, right? Uh, whether we like it or not, right? And there's this connection with those people him as a pastor and so there's there's this, this is what it says uh, as Paul writes to them, he says in verse 21, he says, greet every saint in uh, Christ Jesus, the brothers who are with me greet you, verse 22, all the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. How's that work? How can they be in Caesar's household? and be believers in Jesus Christ. I have to believe, as Paul was stuck there, dealing with all these guards, uh, people who are at the beck and call of Caesar. By the way, Caesar was not just a governor or a president or a prime minister. He was God. He was God. And everyone existed to serve Caesar. Except for these guys, right? Because these people believed. Christ, somehow they got the gospel message and were in Caesar's household. They trusted in Jesus. So this gospel prison ministry, they knew that it is for Christ. Everyone else who's a, a criminal is driven by selfishness and pride and rebellion. But Paul is driven by Jesus. Even even as he went to prison. So there wasn't just uh, that either. Um, it says, he goes on to talk about how the gospel was uh, going forth. And verse 14, he says, and, and most of the brothers, meaning most likely those people around him that were also believers in Jesus in Rome, have become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word What a great picture, right? So Paul got thrown in prison, and they said to themselves, oh no, we better be quiet, because Paul got thrown in prison. No, it it was the complete opposite. Uh, Most likely because they asked the same question that Paul did when he was in prison. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? And Paul doesn't seem to be slowing down because it's worth it to him. I find a boldness now to do that more, knowing that it's worth it, even if we do get drunk with this. Even if we do get in trouble with that. Don't you see this amazing picture that the gospel, through Paul's arrest and imprisonment, is now prospering in Rome. Prospering in Rome. And I would even say not just Rome, but in Philippi as well. Because of, how God is using that in Paul's life and his submission. Well, uh, we we move on to verse 15 and now we see uh, that Paul is rejoicing in the others. It's others telling of Jesus. No matter what. what." He goes on, verse 15, and he says this, Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. Struggle with this, I struggle with this. So if you think about this Paul's a preacher, he's sharing the gospel he's a missionary uh he's one he's a church planner, and he desires people to know, and others like him come alongside him and say, "We want to preach as well, God saved us as well. We want to share as well this good news, but he's speaking of the motives the motives of why why they're going about speaking, and there are some. Some that are finding their boldness uh, because they're they're partners with Paul, and others are doing it simply at a rival and selfish ambition. You think about this, and it's a struggle. Many commentators have argued whether these uh, these preachers are even saved. I think they are saved. I think they are. Saved. You know why? Because I've met a lot of saved jealous preachers. I've been one. Been one. I say I've been one. I'm, I'm susceptible to it. And you know what? I, I, hate to, I hate to say this. We are susceptible to being jealous of others, of wanting the spot, of being greater, of being thought of as the best, of being the most successful on God's side. We are susceptible. And so as Paul he acknowledges there's two groups of people. One are the jealous ones trying to, they're going, sweet. We can gather a, a, a greater group of people to the Lord, but they can be our sheep. They can be our sheep. And it goes on our account, and we will gain fame, and, and people will think we are great. Not Paul. But there are others that do it out of pure motives, that just desire for others to come and that God be glorified. Paul says, really, it's a mixed bag. Verse 16, the latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my business. It's hard for us to imagine, right? But uh, we struggle with that same idea of jealousy. I want to tell you, you should have a jealousy alarm in your heart. Jealousy is not from God. It's thinking from below, James tells us. It's the idea that will bring chaos, and it's a work of the enemy in your life when jealousy happens. And jealousy is not about what happens at home or out in the world, it happens in the church. church. And I want to tell you that the answer to jealousy is to be committed to the the message of the good news of the gospel right? And all you want to see, all you want to see is that people would be growing in their trust of Jesus, that, that they would first get salvation, and that they would love and walk with Christ. That's your desire. And you don't care who gets the credit. Uh, you don't care what happens and who got to be there. You just care that God is magnified. Verse 18 says this, what then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or true, Christ is put doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter how it happened. It doesn't matter if it happened at this church, or the church down the road, or the church in the valley over there, or the church in town, or the church in Cal City, or wherever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether it happened in prison or outside of prison. The only thing that matters is that people people would hear the message of Jesus, that he would be lifted up, that Christ would be proclaimed, that people would know that sins for you. I purposely left this to the last book. What does it say? great To be in prison, he doesn't say that, right? I Man, I love being here, it's my favorite time of day, you know. The beatings, love them, I love what I'm getting to eat here, I love how I'm being treated, I love being in Rome. Beautiful this time of year. Um, uh, uh, he doesn't say any of that, he says, Christ is being the plan, and in this. People are hearing the news. I want to give you three things to point to. Um, Really, for us to know uh, and experience all that Christ has for us. If you're saved because of Jesus here today, Christ has something for you. He has something for you today, for this life, right now. Right now. Uh, He has stuff waiting for us in heaven, but He has life for us right now. So uh, to get that and to understand that I have three things from this First one is this: look, look for the plan of God, and the ruined plan. Ah, uh, when your plans get ruined and they'll get ruined often. Uh, embrace what God has for you. You find yourself in a place. That you you plan to be some other place. You, you know, uh, most likely, um, it's not, it is not prison for us, at least today. It might be. It might be. Uh, can anyone else think of a prison you have to go to? It's not really a prison, but you're stuck there. Your work. the hospital. Just laying there with your thoughts. Nurse after nurse coming in. With machines and stuff like that poke mean, mean People uh guards, the imperial guard is coming you have some of them here today um, it's your opportunity, one right after the other, coming in right some of it might be your work uh, your work, your situation you work with people you don't like chances are you don't like them, you know why because they're stuck in their sins. They're battling in their heart all day long. They're frustrated that life isn't turning out the way they want it and they have no sense of rest. Why? Because they're stuck in their sins and they haunt them every day. I'd be grouchy too. And it's your opportunity Lord, close to, you, um, to realize that you might have the ruined plans of man. But God is working out his perfect plan really. And if it's not according to your plan, but people are in front of you, you can get excited and say, Maybe this is what God has for you. Maybe this is what God's stands. Maybe he wants Christ to be the plan for this person. Secondly, I want to encourage you to not care about your hurt feelings, being disrespected, or jealous because of somebody else's success. Um, we have this. Um, I don't know that it's necessarily American, but it feels like it is. That um, I didn't get my way. I didn't get my way. That person disrespected me. So I, you know, that's license to do anything, right? They hurt my feelings. I remember know I was in middle school many years ago, and uh, this girl. boy said something rude, and she, she walked away. He hurt my feelings. And he turned to me and said, she'll grow new ones. And I thought that was a great answer. Don't ever share that with somebody. Anyway, uh, uh, she'll grow new ones. Uh, I want to tell you, uh, our feelings can be hurt all day long, right? And Paul, undoubtedly, as he thought, you could think of what had happened to him, his feelings, he was disrespected, he he was one who his plans got thrown out of the window over and over and over again. There were people who hated Paul, were in jealous rivalries with him. You don't care about these things. You don't care about Jesus' message. That it would be in you and go out of you in his life. It would be in you and out of you. Right? And as you bump into people, as God intended the message that's in. lastly, to remember this, and this is a trigger, right? You see the words here. Uh, for those of us who struggle with depression, feeling empty in this life, know this, that joy comes from seeing Christ's message come out of your insignificance. As Paul uh, stuck in you know, frustrated plants, he said, in this happens, because this happened, that, 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 is, that message is going forth, this other You know, um, if you get really excited when your plans come together, um, it would be a bad day for you and Paul, right? If you get really excited at accomplishing your task list, right? And you just get really excited about accomplishing what we wanted to do. But, but push that aside and say, how about accomplishing? find joy in, in, in serving Him, that you know, the gospel, And you get an opportunity to share. That's where joy is found. Uh, it's not just found that we would get what we want. In fact, it's found in us serving our Savior. And our and so I encourage you that joy comes from seeing Christ's message come out of our insignificance. God, thank you for this morning and the blessing of being in your Word. God, we ask that you would help us to think as Paul thought and as you wanted him to and as part of your plan, that even in ruined plans, um, our ruined plans, that you can be magnified, your son can be lifted up, that people can come to faith in Jesus. Uh, God, that's your plan. Father's plan is that continue to draw people to yourself that you would want relationship with people and that's why your son went to the cross that he died a sinner's death so that we would not have God help us to remain thrilled with this message this we pray all this in Christ and thank you so much for being here today I don't slip on the ice